1: Alright everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the Smackdown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm one of the hosts here of the show, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter and on Instagram at MichaelRitter5. Also the host of the Football Function Podcast, available on all of your podcasting platforms including the one that you're listening to this show on. Joining me on today's episode, as always, my co-host here, John Carrasco. John, how are you doing, bud?
0: I am doing pretty good, man. Appreciate you having me and everything like that. Of course, it's a smooth transition, but I'm here to knock out this show with you and everything like that. So yeah, let's rock it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, last week coming off of you know the the heels of WrestleMania, it was a pretty impactful SmackDown. Like there were so many debuts, I guess mm-hmm. you can say, or just call ups, whatever newcomers come to SmackDown. It made it interesting. I mean, this episode completely different. Number one, the elephant in the room, no Roman Reigns. Like, that right. automatically is going to make a show go from, like, a, uh, a very interesting, you know, five-star show to, like, a, whoa, this is, I mean, it's keeping me interested. You know, I'm actually watching it, but it's not necessarily anything to write home about. You know, that's kind of what I felt this episode was. Uh, Relied heavily on the tag team storyline, the unification Mm -hmm. kind of you know continuing that, having RK Bro show up on the show. So there were some good things that you can take away from this, but I feel like even like the debuts that we got last week, those people instead of getting more of an introduction, we pretty much took like a little bit of a step back. You know, like Mm -hmm. with Gunther, they basically just showed him from like a remote location, whatever, a pre-recorded video package, whatever kind of same thing. uh, Raquel Rodriguez in the locker room with Natalia and Shayna Baszler. She, um, you know, just was basically getting disrespected. You can tell that that's likely going to be the two women that she uh, feuds with first, clearly in the babyface role. But, I mean, I just feel like we could have gotten a little bit more from them. I mean, who knows kind of what they had in store uh, before Roman Reigns. I mean, I don't know if it had to do with Easter coming up this weekend, if they just basically decided to give us like a – you know, a middling show, a mediocre show, I guess you can say, just not terrible. I'm not like, you know, complaining about it or anything, but I mean, it is what it is, you know, just coming off of last week's show. I don't feel like this show really lived up to those standards or mm-hmm. I guess the, uh, the bar that it was kind of set last week, you thought maybe, you know, coming into this quote unquote new year after it's WrestleMania, I mean, it's a new season pretty much in WWE. And they like to experiment with new stuff. So I thought that maybe they were going to give some of those call-ups a little bit more of a push. And that wasn't the case. But I don't want to get impatient. Now, this is just one week after they came up. So, I mean, I know the roof isn't falling in or anything like that. It's not the end of the world. Could get more stuff. I mean, like I just said, Roman Reigns wasn't on the show for crying out loud. So, I mean, clearly this was a show that I feel like they really, um, I guess, cruise control. Autopilot is a good word uh, to describe. But... Do you agree with me on that? Am I kind of a little bit out of left field on that one?
0: Well, I mean, in a way, I mean, because, I mean, if we can kind of still talk about, like, the Butch thing, I mean, he's been getting, like, this weird little push from the very beginning of his, you know, entrance and stuff. But on the other hand, it's kind of getting to where it's kind of, like, annoying, you know, like, this dude, oh, he's just trying to I don't even know what the heck now. He's just a vicious little guy, you know, just trying to get some type of, atti- some type of attention, sorry. But I'd rather see Gunther come out, I guess, yeah. rather than him a little bit more often, you know. So, I mean, I- I'm kind of with you on that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and we even kind of talked about it off air, uh, just how Gunther, I, I even tell like, you, it was like a couple days ago, I mm-hmm. said it'd be crazy for them not to feature him, you know, after mm-hmm. bringing him up, like it'd be crazy for them not to, you know, utilize him, having him on the roster, and it's not like they just completely didn't do anything with him, but they, you know, all we got was a video package. Yeah. And he really didn't say a whole, whole lot, but it did keep you, you know, intrigued with the character. You do want to see more. I guess that's the one thing you could take from it, yeah. is it left you wanting more. But, um, anyways, I guess we can go ahead and just get into the show. I mean, this was a, uh, like I said, about a, if I were to rate it, I'd probably give it a solid, you know, just three out of five stars. Nothing too crazy, nothing to write home about, not a. Okay. I don't know really what tier I would put it in like just other than like the one that we saw just last week. Obviously, I don't want to be too much of a prisoner of the moment, but I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen some decent Smackdowns, especially before the recent draft when the roster was loaded, where I feel like Smackdown was delivering four to five-star shows on a weekly basis, kind of whenever the um the Bloodline storyline was kind of just getting going, the brand split was still somewhat intact. Mm-hmm. Now it's pretty much all bets are off, we're swimming in these waters and I don't really even know what to expect. <laughs> But I guess things are going to kind of unfold as we continue. But this SmackDown that we're going to be covering aired on April 15th, 2022 from Worcester, Massachusetts. I know I probably butchered that. I mean, I I don't know if I said it right. But, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it was one of those words that I was like, I mean, I've done this before with cities (laughs) in the past where I have had to, you know, really think hard before I came on the show and actually butchered it. This could be one of those situations. I'm not 100% sure. So if you know the name or if I'm, you know, absolutely sounding like a stooge here, definitely let me know. But, like I said, the show took place on April 15, 2022, and they were kind of definitely floating the uh, no-brand split line today. Mm-hmm. Having RK-Bro start the show. I was like, well, I don't really get to see these guys, especially on SmackDown. I haven't seen them on SmackDown in forever. Hell yeah, let's get these guys out here and see what's going to happen. And that's kind of what they do. They go out there. They call off the Usos basically saying, hey, you guys came to our show and you wanted to issue a challenge to us. Well, here we are on your show. Now, come on out here. It's pretty much a Randy Orton said. He ends up, you know, cutting an immaculate promo. The Usos yeah. cut one first. Jay Uso kind of steals his show there on that one, talking about how they're the ones, all that good stuff. I mean, it was a nice little, you know, pre-written, not just off the cuff. You know I mean? that's There's nothing wrong with that because it came out smooth. It was good stuff. But I feel like Randy Orton was more so like, "All right, I got some bullet points I want to hit, but I'm pretty much just going to go off the dome as far as like what I'm going to say whenever we actually get out there. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, Jey Uso basically just told them, yeah, we do want to do this because we are the bloodline. We're going to get all the gold, this and that, and we've heard the stick. It's just worded a little bit different every week. Randy Orton just has to remind them, though, exactly who he is. He kind of says, hey, I've been breaking records for over 20 years now. Let me just remind you guys of that. And they essentially accept this challenge. It ends up being or announced for next week, officially on Monday Night Raw, so I guess three days. We're going to get this uh, tag team unification match. And I'll ask you about the segment because obviously they end up leaving the Usos, that is. Orton and Riddle get up on the top turnbuckles, and then we get a little bit of a cheap shot mm-hmm. from the Usos on Matt Riddle, which does set up our main event of this show. But... Number one, what would you think about this segment? Number two, who do you think is going to win the unification?
0: Well, I mean, this is great. You know, I mean, of course, seeing RK-Bro come over to SmackDown and everything. Just because, like you said, I haven't seen him on SmackDown in a good amount of time. And it was, like you said, that freaking uh, promo that Randy cut, bro. It was just...
1: Veins popping out of his neck. It, yeah, it was just forehead. great. You know,
0: you could tell he was actually, like, bringing, like, a lot of energy with it and everything. So... I mean, he definitely, like you said, put those bullet points, put Usos on game about his past career and everything. So, I mean, can't argue with him, you know?
1: Yeah, and I love this version of Randy Orton, honestly, like because he's motivated. You Mm -hmm. can tell that he actually wants to do what he's doing. There's times, especially like when I started watching wrestling again back in 2014, I was seeing a version of Randy Orton where it was more so, like, you want to talk about autopilot. He was kind of just, you know, too cool for school. I've been here, done that. It's kind of a new era. I'm one of the older guys. Really wasn't sure exactly how it was gonna go. He was dealing with a little bit of injuries, like he kind of you know had to take some time off at some point. Gotcha. But now that he's been back consistently for like the past like what four or five years, I'm not really sure exactly how long it is, but full time for the mm-hmm. past four or five years, he's been pretty consistent, having some pretty good spots, pretty good programs. Like with uh, Edge, definitely comes to mind the program that he had with the Fiend. Another one comes to mind, um, and obviously this tag team with RK Bro. I feel like this oh, yeah. is kind of the thing that is completely blowing the expectations out of the water. This was supposed to be like a one-off. Yeah, the fans like it. It's kind of funny. You know, you could easily catch on to it. But, dude, I feel like Matt Riddle has something that is like, sparked a fire in Randy Orton that's almost, like, made him go to the fountain of youth where he's starting to, you know, backtrack a little bit and it's starting to be young Randy Orton again. You see those yeah. promos? He He's referencing yeah. his past accomplishments to remind you, hey, I'm that dude still. You know, I could do this. Just because I'm getting up there in age doesn't mean that my talent is deteriorating at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Randy Orton's still one of the best in the business, and he could put on badass matches whenever he wants to. And, I mean, that's if you're into the actual bell-to-bell stuff. If you want to talk about a program, if Randy Orton's invested, he's going to give you the buildup. He's going to make you actually feel something and make the program feel meaningful. So that's something that I really like about Randy Orton. And this version of him, you could tell that he's really into it, and that's just something that I like. But we will continue on here and we'll move on to the next thing that happened in the show.
0: Okay, yeah, I do like that. But, yeah, let me go ahead and uh, drop off my little...
1: Your prediction. Yeah, so, my yeah. prediction.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't trying to uh, fast-forward and everything. But, man, I still just see Usos, you know. I mean, yeah. of course, I mean, it's kind of hard to believe, you know. I mean, because RK, bro, they're just a freaking hell of a tag team, bro. I mean, it's I don't know. It's hard to do. It's basically like you have... A experienced Randy Orton, then you have a what? What what would you say? Coming, upcoming Randy Orton. You know, just because he's coming up on his like style and stuff. Yeah,
1: he's about to hit another run without a doubt. He's about to hit like Randy Orton. You could say that he's somewhat like in a crossroads because, like, for a while there like after he came back and he was, you know, dealing with that stuff with Edge. And he was kind of in the, you know, in the the mid-card area before Mm -hmm. that. Even the program with Edge, it wasn't like the main event or anything like that. You know, they tried to build it up as like the greatest wrestling match of all time. Obviously didn't live up to those expectations. I think Edge might have actually gotten injured, if I'm not mistaken, in that match. But, I mean, I don't know for sure. Could be wrong there. But anyways, um, I agree with you. I don't feel like it's um the time right now if you were going to put the unification like the unified tag team belts on Orton and Riddle that would mean that you have big plans for them as a tag team mm-hmm. and I feel like that'd be kind of weird because people are already kind of they have one foot in the door of like seeing this team break up not that they like are tired of seeing them together but they're just it's just that thing that you know's there you know that that um that the thing up WWE sleeve that you know that they haven't pulled it out yet that you know they're going to at some point Now, people are kind of, you know, speculating maybe it's going to be Riddle that turns on Orton instead of vice versa. But me, I think that there's still a little bit more juice to be squeezed out of this tag team. Like Like, they've already overachieved. You could pull the trigger on the split at any moment and still feel like we did our job and that thing blew the expectations out of the water but just look at how they were like reacted to tonight on Smackdown, not even their show. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they were going to be there. I don't, you know, I don't follow WWE on Twitter just because of the spoilers and all that stuff. So I tried not to really look at it for social media. Obviously the Discord, it'll keep you updated on like what's going on, but I didn't know that RK Bro was going to open the show. So I was very thrilled for that. And that just tells me right there the way I felt, the way the crowd was reacting, how they blew that program out of the water. 100 percent uh they got something going and they have they have options to say the least but i do think that the usos are going to get those unified bells i mean it just makes sense the the storyline's kind of writing itself at this point roman reigns has his now they're trying to just uh unify the tag team belts i don't know what they're gonna do i mean i know that sasha banks and naomi kind of like referenced it a little bit like they didn't like say anything they just kind of said like they're the tag team the men's tag team division are trying to unify their belts and basically copy us and do what we've been doing which is running both brands pretty much it's not word for word mm-hmm. but that's pretty much what they said you know um Sasha Banks Naomi backstage and i guess that does transition a little bit into what's next Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and i will say we saw this a little we saw a little bit of a backstage interaction between the actual two tag teams before the one on one match they keep putting purple lights behind Rhea Ripley. They keep putting them in the back, like backstage. Go back and look. Any since the whole, I'm pissed off that Liv Morgan. I leave the ring. Anytime we've seen Rhea Ripley backstage, there's been purple lights behind her. I'm reading into it. It's inevitable. She's going to eventually join this faction. I don't know. It's, this thing's kind of starting to speed up. You know, the whole Damian Priest Edge stuff. It's starting to go from like zero to sixty real quick. You know, as yeah. far as like where what this team is somewhat capable of, like, doing Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So Rhea Ripley, you want to be careful. You know, you don't want to make her or Alexa bliss her, whereas you pair her with the the Fiends gimmick, which also took off very, very fast, to the point now where what the hell do we do with her when she comes back? You know, she's basically attached to this Lily persona, which is, you know, a branch off of the Bray Wyatt stuff. Obviously, Bray Wyatt not with the company anymore. I'm sure they eventually want to completely, you know, wash that away, get rid of it bliss is off tv right now but i mean i was just at wrestlemania with the access superstore and all that stuff um there's lily merchandise like they're (laughs) still trying to you know um squeeze every dollar that they can out of that gimmick but anyways i mean i just don't really know if if rhea ripley is going to go down that same path you know tying herself to edge i don't know what how this is going to be Now i've said i am i've I'm on board with this version of Edge. I'm fine with, you know, him cementing his heel character and, you know, being a, I mean, he's a method actor. You know, he's an absolute, like he, he dives into the, like his characters that he does. So, you know, he's going to go all in. I don't feel like it'll be Edge's fault. It's just how is the crowd going to like accept it? You know, how are they going to react to like the pro or the promos and all that stuff? You see him kind of booing him basically saying that they're not interested, almost taking over Damian Priest's promo a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see how they react. But I mean, that's kind of just one thing that I wanted to get out there is it's inevitable that Rhea Ripley's going to join their group. I just kind of, I'm hesitant about it. I am. And I kind of, you know, I was on board saying, all right, you can see this fit from a mile away, Rhea Ripley joining this faction. But now that it's actually coming to fruition and we're kind of seeing the Edge character and that stable start to actually develop a little bit, I do have questions on whether or not, once it actually happens, how successful it will be. And I'm not saying I doubt it, but I'm not going to, you know, be quote-unquote all in right away.
0: Well, I mean, you definitely can't say that she wouldn't fit the the whole scheme and everything like that. So, I mean, definitely somewhat agree with you on that. But I don't know, man. I just kind of see, like, this uh, Rhea and this Liv tag team just going you know I mean I I know they're kind of I don't know not on the same page with stuff and like live on the entrance and everything you know just trying to adapt to it but I mean I kind of feel like they kind of like they support each other in different ways you know so I I don't know I think it kind of benefits them to stay together in a way I guess but I don't know man I'm definitely not used to Seeing uh, Sasha and Naomi with the belts yet? That's gonna take a couple weeks for me just to get into my head. I guess you could say. I mean, just because how fast they came together and yeah. everything. So, I don't know. I'm definitely not mad at it, but I don't know, man. I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't see. I don't. I don't see a split between Rhea and live for, really? right yeah, for, right for right now. Yeah, just for right now, man. you know.
1: I guess we'll see. I mean, uh, I feel like it's coming sooner rather than later. But at the same time, I thought it was going to come, like, very, very soon. Yeah. yeah. You know, so who I kind, knows? I kind,
0: I kind of saw it, I guess you could say, you yeah. know, just getting the mad and everything. But I don't know. I, I, I just don't want to see it happen. Let me yeah. just say that.
1: Nothing yeah. wrong with that, definitely. Because, I mean, what's going to happen with Liv after that? You know, mm-hmm. she's going to fall into the abyss. Who knows what's going to happen? She might end up, you know, joining the whole Dana Brooke uh, 24-7 title, you know, program whatever the hell that's going on i don't really pay that a whole lot of attention to that i know yeah, but i, I mean if you're falling out of this program especially you know getting buried in this situation where your mm. partner is going to be turning on you i don't really know if i'd be too optimistic for Liv going forward but as far as the match goes naomi versus uh rhea ripley if like on paper this is like a you know a pay-per-view match this is a yeah, badass match sure. you know like these it these was. are two hosses mm-hmm. if you want to talk about just like the female version of that they bring it for sure and it was a pretty good match, you know, entertaining to say the least. Naomi does hit a full Nelson. She tries to go for a pinfall. Rhea kicks out, ends up getting her with the Riptide, and picks up the win, so Rhea Ripley um, comes out victorious. Is that the outcome you wanted?
0: Well, I mean, definitely not matter. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't have a winner or, you know, anything chosen in my head at the beginning of this. So I was just kind of just rolling with it. So, I mean, for... Uh, had to win, I mean, it's good, you know. It kind of yeah. gives them the momentum momentum that they need to keep on going, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely wasn't mad at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes them feel like a, a worthy opponent. You know, yeah. it makes them feel like, all right, these people are credible. They just mm-hmm. beat one of our, you know, tag team champions, number one. Number two, I don't feel like despite being the champions, I don't feel like this loss can hurt Naomi. Oh, like, no. she's, she's yeah. pretty much bulletproof at this point. Like, she is what she is. You know, what you see is what you get. You already know what it is. So, um, I feel like. A loss would have definitely hurt Rhea one hundred percent. You know, like she's mm-hmm. on her way to do something pretty special here, hopefully, you know. So you don't want to see her lose just a random match to uh to Naomi despite you know her being a champion. Mm-hmm. You know, you it's not too bad losing to a champion, but either way, if you're on your way to, you know, hitting, you know, a hill turn and all that stuff, you wanna be as dominant as you possibly can. But yeah, Rhea Ripley really picks up the win here as expected. Up next we get a backstage interview with Happy Corbin. And he pretty much just continues to bury Madcap. Uh, oh, I, I will say though, dude, you've been on the Madcap train. Yeah. You've been, you were on early, so you have a nice little comfortable seat on oh, this man. bandwagon. But <laughs> they better make some room because I feel like after not only his promo that he cuts tonight or tonight, but him picking up that win and all that stuff, which we'll get to that. But I feel like that bandwagon is going to get a little bit crowded. But I mean. Corbin pretty much just you know his usual stuff, always blaming somebody, all that good stuff. I mean, talking about Madcap and uh, how he's just an easy guy to laugh at, like that's the whole reason why he kept him around, and you know just all that good stuff. But Madcap Matt or Madcap Moss does get a little bit of uh, he gets a chance to respond, I guess, to, uh, to the criticism or the the poor words that Corbin said to him. But the interviewer was weird. Here is Drew Gulak. This was kind of strange. He—he's—I'm uh, not sure if you're familiar with Drew Gulak. You know, he's a wrestler. He's been on the main roster, but he is apparently making a switch to being a correspondent. Not 100% sure if that's like actually what's happening here. If it's like full time or if this is just part of like a program, a storyline that's starting. Not really sure. Could be doing the Sonya Deville route. Eventually going to become like a official role. Who knows? Definitely avenues that you can go down there. But he was the one who gave Madcap that interview. And uh, Mad Cat basically just blames Baron Corbin. Like, hey, I was hanging out with Baron Corbin, and when you're hanging out with a guy like that, you want to write jokes for him. That's why all my jokes sucked. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty much just blame Baron Corbin. And then he has a match with Humberto Carrillo. Um, A lot of, you know, telling people to kiss my ass in this match. I noticed that, you know, just going back and forth. I will say it was funny, that little... uh, where he says that he was gonna put his ass in the kiss cam mm-hmm. and then you turn around and he has that little face. That that was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, you know, even Caleb downstairs got a got a nice little chuckle out of that one, but yeah. yeah. Madcap Moss hits uh the punchline and then gets the win on Humberto. But did you see the part where like Garza was like scolding him after the match where he's kinda like, You just lost oh, to him, yeah. that's a joke. Mm-hmm. They don't show that, like they don't show the camera on that specifically, like unless like, they have plans, you know, and I hope not. I hope I'm just like, oh, they're just, they're doing this to try to, you know, make the tag team look a little bit stronger, whereas saying, like, hey, this was a joke loss, it shouldn't have happened, all that stuff, and that they're actually, you know, mad at each other for it. I hope this isn't leading to them splitting up. They're a good tag team. Um, I have actually, you know, pretty good expectations and high hopes for this tag team. So I really hope that they're not breaking up. But, I mean, what do you think about the Mad Cat Moss and just everything in general with, you know, this segment?
0: Well, I mean, basically, like you said, man, I've been on the train from, like, very early, you know, so I'm definitely happy to see him, like, strive, you know, so this is good for him and everything, so basically, you know, I'm all for it, you know, anything that they got kind of coming for him, you know, I hope he kind of, like, takes advantage of it, you know, kind of just, like, keeps moving in a strong way, you know, so, yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm here for it, but I don't know, man, I mean, Angel, you know, kind of giving them that little pep talk in the corner, like you were saying. I I I wouldn't say a pep talk, more of like a lecture, I guess you could say. But I don't know, man. I mean, I kind of want to see like Madcap more or go more of like in the singles direction. I know kind of dealing with like a, you know, tag team, you know, cousins and stuff like that. But I don't know, like kind of put them up there with like some bigger guys. You know, this dude's like freaking... A good performer, you know, strong, freaking athletic, you Got know? Charisma. Yeah, I mean, so I think he can kinda he goes around I mean a couple of rounds, I guess you could say with some pretty big names.
1: Yeah. I, I think that you I think you're on to something though, especially as like no doubt he's on his way to a singles run. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's inevitable, like one hundred percent. It's it's almost like they don't have a choice. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. and it's almost similar like him and Boogs are like they look similar and they're kinda like I feel like they both were on similar tra- uh, trajectories mm-hmm. before Boogs obviously got hurt, but now Madcap can benefit from that. That's double the opportunity. He can, you mm-hmm. know, take you know take off here, get over with the crowd, and uh, while Boogs is dealing with the injury, now that I know that they're you know not necessarily paralleled at all, but mm-hmm. I just couldn't help but notice that they were both on SmackDown, both kind of getting more and more airtime as we got closer to WrestleMania, and now you know. Madcap going into a singles role looks like getting a little bit of a push here. So I'm definitely happy to see that for Madcap.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely all for this, man. So whatever they got coming for him, show it.
1: We can transition a little bit here to Drew Gulak. He kind of interrupts a little conversation that's going on backstage between Charlotte and Adam Pearce. And he just basically walks up and says, hey, can I get some feedback on my first interview? You know, I mean, did you think I did well? I mean, is there anything I need to improve on? This and that. Charlotte Flair's like, I mean, are you kidding me right now? Like, who the hell is this dude over here thinking he's going inter- to interrupt me when I'm trying to get to the bottom of some BS that's going on with Adam Pearce here? So that's number one. Drew Gulak got a big pair on him if he, you know, was going to walk up and interrupt, you know, Charlotte Flair, and we find out why here a little bit later. But uh, him interrupting Charlotte does end up earning him an interview with her out in the middle of the ring. So he's going to get another chance to impress management or whatever as a correspondent. But, anyways, he asks Charlotte Flair if she is, or yeah, if she's concerned with Ronda Rousey's submission game. And Charlotte basically says no, and that she declined Ronda's challenge last week for the I Quit match because she really doesn't want to humiliate her because she said, like, look what she did at WrestleMania whenever she lost. And I guess there's like some rumors of her, like, getting pissed off and leaving. All that good stuff. I'm not really sure how much uh, truth is to any of that, but I really thought Charlotte was about to reference the UFC stuff when she says, I didn't accept the I quit match because I didn't want to humiliate her. Because look what happened whenever she lost in UFC or whenever she tapped Mm -hmm. out, whatever the hell happened. Like, this is what I thought Charlotte was going to go. I thought she was going to actually, you know, throw some punches there, but she didn't. She did take the high road, but I wasn't, I was definitely interested. Oh, yeah. And did you see the part where Charlotte said, uh, whenever they talked about her tapping out, because that's what he says here, um, let's see, he references Ronda tapping out and says that if the referee wouldn't have been knocked out, that Ronda would be the champion right now. But Charlotte actually says, I was fixing my bra, mm-hmm. referencing that nip slip that we got mm-hmm. on WrestleMania or Saturday, I think it was, yeah, but either way. Uh, that was that was pretty funny that she actually acknowledged it, you know, and kind of pointed out to the crowd. I will say Charlotte's having some fun with the crowd, you know, giving them what chance back. People say what they want about Charlotte. I'm not the biggest Charlotte Flair fan, but I will say she's like on another level right now, and like I hope she doesn't take any time off because she's just an absolute asset to the company. But after that, she actually calls out Drew Gulak. She gets pretty pissed off at him for you know taking the shots at her, so she's like, "All right, I could take some shots too." And she basically says, "So what the hell happened? I mean, did you just quit? You know, quit being an in-ring competitor? Like, let's address the elephant in the room. What the hell are you doing here? Interviewing me, pretty much. Like, I thought that was pretty funny how she just did that, hitting him where it hurts. Um, and she basically calls out the crowd as well. She says, 'You guys are, you know, you guys are probably all quitters as well. You guys probably quit going to the gym at some point. You probably quit a job. Quit on a relationship.' She's just taking shots at um, at all the crowd, and then she demands that Gulak leaves her uh, her ring and he tries to leave and she just takes him out from behind, takes out one of his legs, puts him in the figure eight and she's just screaming at him to say, I quit, smacking him in the face, dude. I I mean, I'm not going to lie. Obviously, like, there's some people who feel, you know, a certain type of way to this type of stuff. Obviously, Drew can't retaliate. But it was just funny that, like, (laughs) like, it all started with him interrupting her, right? You know, interrupting her backstage. And she was like, the son of a, you know, tells him to come out <laughs> to the ring. You know, right, you want an interview? I'll give you an interview. All along, she just got this planned. And just like the fact that she just cheap shot him from behind, put him in the figure eight. Like, I enjoyed this. Like, obviously, this was this was a funny segment. What'd you think about this?
0: Well, man, I'm, yeah, it, it was entertaining for sure. And I know I said this at the beginning, man, but. Or, or, like, not like, like in Charlotte and everything, but she's starting to pull me in. Bro. Yeah, like, they do that. It's, it's Kevin crazy. Owens got me. It's crazy just, like, like, I don't know, just, like, maybe just, like, growing on me, you know, watching her every freaking week, basically, you know. But, yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, of course, I don't like Rhonda, so, I mean, you know, I'm definitely on her side. So, I guess that's kind of, like, a... I big think I might right have there. a
1: little bit of a reason why, honestly. Hear me out here. Yeah. Because as far as, like, you're not a big Charlotte Flair fan, mm-hmm. but the respect as, or aspect was always there. You oh, know, yeah. I'm not a fan yeah. of her, but I respect her game, yeah. all that stuff. So because the respect's already there, whenever she's starting to show these sides of herself that are actually, you know, tolerable, mm-hmm. you can actually say, you know, I relate to this. You know, it's funny. You know, I can actually dig the charlotte flair uh, promo she's scripted right here she you know kind of going off script because you, you never really know i love that part about charlotte flair's character so yeah i totally see where you're coming from i'm kind of the same way um i for the longest time was pounding the table dying on the hill that charlotte flair was the most overrated mm-hmm. woman wrestler in the company because not because she's terrible but because they literally are like m- making her seem like she's like the second coming of christ right. like literally whenever it's like Well documented like some big time sources saying like hey we got a lot of title runs or title reigns on Charlotte early in her career because she's no spring chicken. She started wrestling when she was like what 28, 29, 30 years old. Like she missed her early years. You know like Bianca Belair is like 24 years old, 25, something like that. She's young as hell. Rhea Ripley, same thing. These women are already starting to stack up their women's championship reigns and they have a long career ahead of them, you know? So, Charlotte Flair, she didn't have those early youth years. So, yeah, they want to eventually make her tired dad. So, yeah, they're going to give her what, like 10 championship reigns, in like a five year span? Pretty mm-hmm. wild. But um, that's the thing is that that was always kind of my argument is like, yeah, you can get booked into the Hall of Fame. You can get booked to win championship after championship. What you can't get booked. Or I guess somewhat you can, but I mean the eye test, you know, watching somebody go bell to bell in the ring. That's my argument with Ric Flair. Yeah, he's a hell of a wrestler. But um he needs those sixteen championships to be mentioned as like one of the best of all time. Undertaker doesn't need that. Stone Cold doesn't need that. Their character, their work in the ring, all that good stuff, that speaks for itself. They don't need without the 16 championships, Ric Flair's gimmick, his wrestling work, his character, all that stuff. It's it doesn't stand a chance against those dudes, you know. Like, and it's a long-standing character, Hall of Famer, like I said, Mount Rushmore. But whenever you're talking about like, um, you know the the Stone Cold Steve Austins, the Undertakers of the world, just two two dudes who quickly come to mind whenever I think about this echelon. And Ric Flair is definitely in the conversation, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of one of those examples where like they wanted to make her as decorated, Charlotte Flair, as her dad, and their characters kind of similar. She has the robe, her. Uh, yep. her moves the figure eight her intro music is somewhat of like a knockoff version like a little catchy version of it you know mm. so i mean i i'm here for it it's good but i'm just saying like i acknowledge that aspect like i'm not just yeah. gonna blindly be like well she has 13 women's championships so she must be the best like no nah, i saw alita in her heyday i've seen some pretty talented wrestlers molly holly doesn't get near the credit she deserved victorious asha banks is one of the best women's wrestlers right now like just like in terms of actual, like, wrestling. If you're not just talk about, all right, who's the best wrestler, Charlotte's not even the best in the company. Like, she's really not. She can put on a hell of a match. But, I mean, see, this gets me on a little bit of a Charlotte rant. We're kind of talking good <laughs> about her. But here we go. I'm starting to reveal how I really feel. But like I said, uh, like, when I say no, tell the truth. You know, I had problems I gotcha, with her back gotcha. in the day. But anyways, uh, I, I am looking past it, though. She's growing on me as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll kind of see how things, uh, how things develop. Going forward in this whole program, we'll see if she ends up dropping that belt at WrestleMania Backlash. Because that match is official. We're getting it. The I quit match. So that's one you can definitely look forward to, though. But moving on, we get a rematch from last week. The uh, Slobberknocker. The freaking five-star classic. No false finish. No sloppy ending. I'm just kidding, obviously. It's the Sami Zayn, <laughs> Drew McIntyre. It ended last week in a countout. And we basically get basically get the exact same thing, except this time we get a, you know, huge, passionate promo from Sami Zayn basically talking about how he's going to, you know, gain the crowd's respect after beating Drew McIntyre straight up with no help, nothing like that. And then he does basically the exact same thing. It's it's hilarious stuff. I mean, Sami Zayn, he keeps finding these ways to like be relevant, you know, like with the Johnny Knoxville stuff. Like that should have been like bathroom break type stuff you know not necessarily entertaining but it wasn't because i feel like Sami Zayn delivered and he carried that program and he made it something that people were actually interested in seeing it on a weekly basis and here we are with drew mcintyre clearly you put drew mcintyre and Sami Zayn in the ring together it's like people know our drew mcintyre is going to beat the hell out of this dude you know and sammy's the hell of a wrestler but drew mcintyre is literally in the world heavyweight championship class like he's a top guy one of the top baby faces in the company so they can't just go bell to bell. All right, let's do this right now. They have to do this type of stuff. That's what people like. I want to make sure that they realize in this in this situation is like the avenues that they can go with this are very they're, they're very like they're slim to none pretty much. Because if they do, if they give us a straight up match, we're gonna see the Claymore countdown, whatever you want to call it, and uh, it's gonna be a pretty quick victory for Drew McIntyre. Nobody wants to see that. I mean, if you do see it, it's gonna be a one time thing. You know, it's gonna be over. They can't do it next week. Sami Zayn keeps leaving, though. That's the thing. Drew McIntyre hasn't gotten his hands really on Sami Zayn yet. You know, he hasn't actually gotten a chance to, like, Claymore him, pin him one, two, three, and get that actual victory, you know? I was
0: going to say, that headboat looked mighty. Well, I
1: mean, yeah, he's got some shots. I mean,
0: I'm, yeah. I'm not taking nothing away from Claymore, but that headboat looked yeah.
1: like you're freaking. The Glasgow kiss? Yeah, that bad boy. Drew McIntyre will get you. Say it again. Glasgow Kiss. Glasgow Kiss. Gotcha. Glasgow Scotland. Yeah, it's gotcha. just a little bit of a shout out. You know, he's gotcha, gotcha. Drew McIntyre is well calculated, you know, whenever he makes his decisions like that. Mm-hmm. He likes to feel like he's a little bit cerebral whenever yeah. he makes those. So <laughs> I'm a big Drew McIntyre guy, obviously. So gotcha, uh gotcha. Anyways, let's uh, continue on here. Like I said, we're gonna get more of this, likely going to end at uh oh, never mind. It's gonna end next week because Adam Pierce comes out and he announces that uh, we're going to get a rematch next week where he cannot run away because it's going to be a lumberjack match. I was expecting this to be a steel cage. That's what I was expecting him to say. So whenever he said lumberjack match, I was actually excited. I haven't seen a good lumberjack match in a pretty long time. You know, So shout out to, uh, I guess, upper management, whoever actually made this decision in storyline mode or whatever because I'm looking forward to a lumberjack match. Sami Zayn's not going to be able to run. And we will definitely get an entertaining segment next week for sure. So this will be your first Lumberjack match to actually, you know, get a chance to watch her.
0: Yeah, actually, like, yeah, actually, like, be able to, like, fully pay attention to and everything. Yeah, so I'm totally interested in that. At the beginning, though, I was just, like, I don't know. I was already over all this stuff, you know, kind of thinking, like, Drew doesn't kind of deserve this type of, like, punishment in a way, you know, because, man, like you said, he deserves to be up there with, like, heavyweight championship you know instead of just running around with like Sami Zayn, you know yeah. i was kind of thinking you know just hypothetical put freaking happy corbin and sammy Zayn together let them freaking you know a rat and a clown together interesting you know yeah i don't know but i don't know i kind of just think needs to like moving a different direction rather than this but the lumberjack thing that did kind of like just turned me around quickly you know i don't know like I mean, you I, I, I have right seen now. one, you know. So I'm kind of interested, just like how it's gonna go.
1: Yeah, like the fact that you said that. <clears throat> number one, that'd be entertaining as hell. The yeah. Sami Zayn, Happy Corbin, like the the pairing there, just them two butting heads, eventually turning on each other. That would just be like weekly, like a plus content. But as far as um. Let's see, Drew McIntyre. You mm. said he deserves better than this, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Much. I
0: mean, I'm not saying like they're just like
1: one thing. Placing though, them, but yeah, I will say a little fun fact: Drew McIntyre's had two championship reigns. He's a two-time WWE champion. He has been WWE champion in front of a live crowd zero days. Never stepped foot in front of a live crowd as WWE champion. So. Yeah. That sucks. Like, yeah. that's a problem. It sucks there's only going to be one champion, or yeah, one champion after this whole unification stuff. So he has less opportunity to get one. Mm-hmm. But man, like, it's not that freaking hard. Let the dude go in front of some freaking fans, man. Like, I can't yeah. believe that this is still a thing. Um, he was absolutely robbed. But hey, without Drew McIntyre, the pandemic era. Yeah. Would have been much much worse than it was, and it wasn't very very cool to say the least. So <laughs> the fact that Drew McIntyre was you know keeping the ship uh, afloat and steering it, and you know navigating us through those waters, shout out to Drew. Not only intro here on the show, uh, said all the host name, got his action figure up there, uh, seen him perform at WrestleMania. He's safe to say he's in my uh, he's in my Hall of Fame of favorite wrestlers.
0: Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Well, I mean, that's kind of, I don't know, kind of interesting, right there. You know, just never really thought about that, but I don't know, man. On this next one, I was kind of, I was kind of out of it, so I'm kind of gonna have to have you like kind of fill me in with it, just because I kind kind of told you off air and everything that I was like having some problems, you know, with the kids and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to fill me in on this one.
1: Well, it started out with uh, Ricochet being very, very confident before the match. He had like, a little bit of like a backstage interview type thing, and he said, I'm not going to lose this uh, Intercontinental Championship. Watch, just watch. And um, he went to the ring, him and Jinder Mahal, I, without a doubt, I mean, number one, that catches your attention. Whenever somebody's that confident and they're so certain that they're going to win, you have to say, okay, they, this could be swerving us. Expect the unexpected. Ricochet could lose this title here. Didn't want it to happen, but because the show at this point in the night was overall like underwhelming, I thought that maybe this could be what they you know tried to use as a crutch to make it like a you know a noteworthy show. Is hey we have we have a new Intercontinental Champion. They've done that so many times like it's like lazy booking, but that's not what they did here. Uh, Ricochet does retain. He you know obviously one of the best in the business, high flying all over the place in this match in particular. I love the ending, the Shooting Star Press. This is the move that I was showing you. Brock Lesnar injured himself. WrestleMania 19, I believe it was. He uh, hits Jinder Mahal with that move. Picks up the win. So uh, Ricochet remains the Intercontinental Champion.
0: Oh, that's kind of crazy. I did see the end of that. So, yeah, yeah, seeing that freaking – it was just so smooth, you know. I don't know. I just kind of think –
1: like, he's he's good for the title, you know. Definitely doing his thing and everything. So, that's good. Yeah, he's making that title feel – more important than it has over the past, you know, several, several months because mm-hmm. of Shinsuke Nakamura's run. But now that we finally have a champion who's defended it several times and his matches are interesting, I feel like you're definitely moving in the right direction. But uh, one area, or I guess one program that isn't necessarily moving in any, any direction at all, it's kind of just walking in place. Butch and Kofi Kingston are shown like being pulled away from each other backstage. Now, every single match that we've had, whether it's Ridge Holland versus Xavier Woods. Rich Holland versus Kofi Kingston. Some form or fashion of those two groups going at it. Every time the match ends, we're seeing Butts have to be like pulled off of Kofi mm-hmm. or Xavier, whoever, just dropping those elbows, beating the hell out of them. And I guess they're finally, you know, they're tired of it. They're starting to retaliate a little bit and get some uh, redemption backstage. And they had to be pulled apart. Uh, there was there were some matches that I show that I saw that were shown advertised for next week. Um. Don't remember off the top of my head which ones they were, but I would not be surprised if one of them was Butch versus Kofi Kingston or some type of, you know, step forward in this stuff. I mean, I could be wrong. I did, like I said, I didn't see it, but, I mean, I feel like maybe they're going somewhere with this. Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, I definitely saw uh, Mad Cat versus Angel. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, you know, the Lumberjack match. That's what they were so at. So, sure. okay, yeah, for yeah, sure. The two, you know.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. I wasn't sure exactly, but. Moving on here, we get Chapter 2 of the story of Lacey Evans, you know, more, like, emotional stuff. She talks about, like, her father being, like, really, like, aggressive, you know, as far as, like, mental illness, all that stuff. Going in there, flipping their table, table over. They have food all over themselves, all that stuff. And how they moved to Texas, and blah, blah. this was crazy. I mean, obviously all the tears that she was, you know, fighting to let out and all that stuff. What do you think about this? Because you don't really know Lacey Evans, like her old character. This is basically your first impression of her, like mm-hmm. your introduction. So how are you uh, handling all this stuff? Clearly a baby face. They're trying to make her the ultimate baby face here. I'm actually surprised that they're doing this because like how like real these stories feel, you mm-hmm. know? Like it's not like PG, I guess you can say. It's not like something that you'd want to show like a fourth grade kid, you know? Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. what are your thoughts on just like Lacey Evans – slow introduction or i guess slow return well i mean
0: i kind of feel like it's given like good depth to the character yeah, and everything it is. you know so it kind of gives you know that sentimental feel like you say the baby face and everything but i mean i don't know man i kind of feel as if like like it's more of like and i i wouldn't say like asking for attention you know but then again i mean you have to be introduced It's damn near way. begging
1: for sympathy to start out of the game. I, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: I would kind of put it in that uh, type of term and everything. But, I mean, I wouldn't want to just, like, take away from it as if, you know, they're doing this just to make us feel sorry for yeah. it, you know. So, I mean, I'm kind of just, like, rolling with it, kind of seeing how they're going to play it out. But, I mean, she seems like she's going to be able to, you know, spice it up a little bit. I mean, she seems like she's a strong woman, just going through, like, everything that she's been through, like, through the stories, I guess. And then, what, a Marine? Yeah. She, yeah, I mean... She's z- a legit badass. You definitely can't say that. I mean, I mean, me, even me as a person, you know, I, mean, I I don't think I'd be able to just, like, have any, like, bad conversation with a Marine, you know? You definitely... I think you're definitely losing that every time, you know, just because they're more, like, you know, level-headed, you know? They you can't... Not really much pop in and stuff like that that's why there's
1: no saints fans that are marines
0: oh well (laughs) but yeah man i mean i kind of feel for and everything like that so it's i guess it's good to see her coming in this but i mean i'm kind of like okay now let's kind of get off of the the sad stories and see what what's really going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. But but you mentioned it though. You said depth to the character. Like you oh, really yeah, yeah. you, you could have stopped right there because I feel like your point was made. Mm-hmm. Like, and obviously, you know, you, you went more in depth, no pun intended. Oh no. So, yeah, but I, I was just saying detail. like, that was a great thing to say is what mm-hmm. I was just trying to say because like, we don't get that ever with anyone you know depth to their character like we really don't know anything like what about Naomi what do we know about her other than like she likes to glow you know like glow sticks what do we even know about Sasha Banks at this point there's not a whole lot she doesn't get a whole lot of mic time now we know how badass she is we know previous programs what she's capable of on the mic but here lately it's nothing Mm -hmm. we don't see anything from Sasha Banks so I feel like getting this from Lacey Evans you know she's she's letting you know hey this is who I am This is who I was when I was 8 years old. This is who I was when I was 14 years old. Like, she's going through the whole, you know, the thing here. And I feel like it is good because it's going to get her some following whenever she does finally come out. I'm excited to see the type of programs they do. Like, is somebody going to come out and use this stuff that she's saying against her? Because, dude, that's the thing. But you can feel – like, imagine the – what's it called? The – the like the women in the the locker room.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say right away, like like you just saying that, like imagine Charlie just going after her right away, like a Tony Storm type thing. Yeah, you know, like that'll definitely put some tears in your eyes right then and there.
1: Yeah, like going at her, you know, t- taking shots at everything that she said and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh it's just it's gonna be some good stuff to say the least. So yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this, you know, continue to to develop in the coming weeks. But. Up next is the main event, Riddle versus Jay or Jimmy Uso, sorry. Uh, this was another good one. You know, this intense as hell, you know, Randy Orton out there, Jay Uso out there. This was just one of those matches that had you on the edge of your seat as it was going because you weren't sure exactly who was going to, you know, pull this one out. Mm-hmm. We saw the Usos, you know, get the upper hand on Monday Night Raw this past Monday. So I had a feeling, like, all right, if we're going to get this tag team unification match this coming Monday, they need to be even. You know, one person gets the upper hand and then the following time, the other person gets the upper hand. So I kind of knew Riddle was going to win, but I wasn't sure how they were going to get there. The way they did it with that RKO, I, f- I freaking love that, dude. Like, that's yeah. just, not many people can do the RKO and make it look good other than Randy Orton. Obviously, he created it. Well, he didn't create the move itself, but I mean, the RKO is, is his. You know, it's yeah. trademarked, all that good stuff. Riddle does it on a consistent basis, and he's getting better at it. He could do the springboard RKO, catch him out of nowhere, similar to Orton does. I mean, this tag team—it's how we started the show; it's how we're ending the show. Uh, clearly, doing some good stuff, but yeah, like I said, Riddle or Riddle wins with the RKO.
0: Yeah, like I said, man, it's definitely good to see, like, just the experience getting better and better. What uh, everything that he's doing, but man, I wasn't for the win. You know, I was thinking, you know, because. Jimmy was getting them at first, you know. I mean, of course, I guess that's kind of like how the build into the like the match and stuff. And then we come back from that commercial break and Riddle, you know, he's just bouncing back. I was like, that's what exactly the heck? what
1: Caleb said. He's like, wait a minute, you were just getting your ass kicked. Like, was what like,
0: happened here? I was like, yeah, that was pretty quick, you know. I mean, especially cut for us, for us, for it to cut like getting beat up and then just a straight bounce back to you know beating him yeah running. I was like it's their the formula they do yeah. that crap all the time man. I mean I understand like it's still going on like live and everything yeah and stuff you know but and it's just so
1: just repetitive changed. the way they do it it's so formulaic mm-hmm. like switch it up a little bit like, yeah yeah like go go to the, go to a commercial break whenever somebody doesn't get thrown out yeah you know? somebody like gets jumped off let somebody get a suplex and yeah. get up and just get crunk and say all right we'll be right back and they're in the <laughs> middle of the match you know like that's that's all we need to see you know yeah. nothing else but good match yeah definitely, definitely has you interested was. you're ready for monday night mm-hmm. i know i am for sure i honestly thought that the unification match was this previous monday so yeah. i was like confused i was like wait, wait, what the hell are we talking about here i thought that's already happened so i'm excited that we still have it to look forward mm-hmm. to so i mean monday is going to be pretty good Definitely excited for that match, but definitely want to thank you for joining me. Obviously, a damn good show, oh, yeah. even though the oh, yeah. the SmackDown itself wasn't necessarily you know the best show that you can get. I feel like the, the review definitely was, so the listeners are going to enjoy it. Uh, maybe a little bit better of an experience of actually watching the show. So if you don't get to watch SmackDown and you are just listening to the show as a way to catch you up on what happened, I feel like we did a pretty good job of that. And uh, you should be up to speed on everything that happened here on this SmackDown that aired on April fifteenth, twenty 2022. So, John, is there anything you got to say? Any shout-outs, any plugs, any comments, anything at all? I mean, the floor is yours. You have a platform, an, an open microphone. What do you got?
0: Well, I mean, basically, I mean, I kind of just want to close out the show. I mean, I w- wouldn't agree with you on, like, how you say about the show. I kind of was, like, in tune with it, you know. It's kind of like bringing, like, a lot of, like, new stuff to me, you know. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure, I mean, you might be a little bit more used to it and stuff. But, like, it's starting to bring in, like, all these uh, new superstars and stuff. So, it's definitely, like, keeping me on my edge, too, you know. So, like, not, like, repetitive, you know. It's definitely, like, new stuff, new content and everything. So, I can't really say that it it was a bad one, you know. I mean, a lot of information taken with, like, a lot of new people, you know. But, I mean, it's fine. I'm okay with it. But, I mean, I would say, yeah, good show and everything. But... I do want to thank you, man, appreciate you for, you know, allowing me to do do this with you every week and everything. So, yeah, just want to give you a shout-out. Follow my guy, michael 5 Raider on Twitter. You know, and definitely check out the football function. It's definitely about to get into, you know, draft time. Definitely this is what this group is about. They do this stuff, you know. So, I mean, definitely keep me in tune with my Raiders and everything like that. So, it's some good content over there on that side. So, yeah, uh, check these guys out on any – platform that you listen to this on i'm pretty sure they got it on uh that platform as well so yeah just check them out man i appreciate that definitely want to give a shout out to matt i mean definitely see a lot of new things coming on with the patreon and you know these after dark
1: you have to say say. shout out to matt for real that 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 was
0: pretty interesting and i'm not mad at it at all dude so i mean i know you said that you want to kind of
1: Oh, yeah, we want to send a submission. Yeah, yeah, we want we, to send an after-dark submission. Yeah, get, th-
0: this is our request right here, Matt. So if you're hearing this, man, get back to us. Let us know what you're thinking. I'm pretty sure Mike already got a couple stories cooked up in his little brain. Oh, yeah, I'm everything. ready.
1: I got a couple <laughs> loaded up in the chamber ready to rock. But, yeah, man,
0: I'm definitely, like all the listeners, if you, you don't have Patreon and you want to kind of see what this new content is about, it's definitely something to look into. So, yeah. Uh, check out Patreon. You know we got the uh, dollar tier, five dollar tiers, everything like that, and definitely keep you in tune with like the premium live events, whenever or on Dis- on Discord and everything. So it's some good stuff. Just check it out. But yeah, one to toss it back over to you, man.
1: Oh yeah, man. I appreciate it. Definitely some good plugs there at the end. Obviously appreciate the football function shout out. He hit it on the on the money. If you are interested in that type of stuff, definitely check us out because you will not be disappointed. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. After Dark, we want to have a submission. We want to have some fun uh, doing that type of stuff. It does have a little bit of a new twist. I mean, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it, it's entertaining. You know, I mean, we talk about wrestling a little bit, too. we we'll have a nice little wrestling conversation and get into some stories kind of similar to Matt's. I just want to, you know, I guess contribute, you know, uh, oh, yeah. have a little oh, yeah. bit of a contribution myself. But, hey, for the, for the very reason, like, if you don't want to subscribe to Patreon for anything, like, it's a dollar a month, right? Mm-hmm. But – for the very reason to hear Matt say, I mean, that alone is worth the dollar, or worth the price of admission. So with all that being said, I hope you guys have a damn good weekend. Seriously, I'm not just saying that. I really hope you guys have a damn good weekend. Like go do something, relax. If you busted ass all week during the, uh, what's it called, um, your work week, whatever you're doing. If you have to work this weekend, I'm sorry. Hopefully this podcast can help you get through it or maybe some other podcasts as well. But, uh, yeah, I just hope you guys definitely enjoy Easter with your families, you know, all that good stuff. Um, You know, just have a good weekend, seriously. But, uh, anyways, walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you next time